Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alamein, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com. And we must begin with a hearty and sincere Ramadan Mubarak, blessed Ramadan, Radio Islam family. If you are new to the Radio Islam family, uh, you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You will find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the username you're going to look for is at Radio Islam. You're going to use that same username, at Radio Islam, to find all those episodes that you may have missed out on. And once you're here, you're going to want to go back and listen to them again. And you can use at Radio Islam on SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play, and you will find all those episodes. So thank you for joining us. Uh, as you know, our program is on every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And uh, we're coming to you live from the wonderful city of Chicago. Uh, the weather is improving. And this is, well, this is not a bad time to be fasting at all. Um, as we know, each year we basically move back about about about, about two weeks. And uh, so we're getting away from the hotter months. Um, although by the end of, of of this month of Ramadan, we will we will be in it. We will definitely be in it. But we are appreciative of God's mercy. And we take it without question, and we are definitely appreciative, as I said. So, Radio Sound family, uh, if you would like to give us a call, you can do so at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. And, of course, our Facebook page is open as well as our Twitter, so we will be monitoring those. You can also submit questions or comments uh, that way. For those of you who have my my personal phone uh, number, um, and you want to go ahead and text us, uh, well, you do that anyway. So uh, anyway, I have to tell you that over this past weekend, I had the, I had the, the, the great pleasure of being able to get back down to Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and see the, the family at Masjid al-Mu'minun. And I was there in March. Uh, I was there in March as a presenter for Muslims in Memphis. Uh, month, and so you know, I went down and I I led the the, the Juma prayer and did a halakha and led the uh, talim and uh, just had had a chance to spend some time with the community and had some of the best the biyah halal um, barbecue that I have that I've just ever had. It was uh, Imam uh, Mahaj uh, uh, just man, you know, I, yeah, he 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 does he does wonders on the grill. So anyway, uh, I had the opportunity to go back again. My wife, uh, Dr. Aisha, I mean, she was a presenter for the Sisters uh, Ramadan session uh, with uh, the likes of uh, Anissa Dewan, Sister Anissa Dewan. Uh, many of you may uh, know her, but extremely prolific uh, sister, um, Sister Donna Muhammad, and uh, Sister Naila Clay. And uh, so they presented, and we were there, and had a chance to meet some some folks. And some of the people that I met, uh, it, it's amazing how this internet and how mass communication has just brought us all together. You know, it, it is really amazing. And I met I met two uh, just really accomplished sisters who happen to know about the program, right? So they're, they're listeners. And as we're we're talking, because I'm there vending, I should clarify this. Um, in another capacity, you know, we have a business, Just Greetings. Um, we sell uh, greeting cards and, and handmade uh, purses from Senegal and things like that. But anyway, these uh, two sisters, um, Sister Gail Fripp and Sister Khadija Abdul Haq, and both are authors in addition to many other, uh, many other, they wear many other hats. But they, they both have uh, books, and Sister uh, uh, Gail Fripp, she has a book titled uh, Sur um, Surviving Me, Journeys Through Managing Anxiety and Stress and Finding Spiritual Peace. And Sister Khadija, she is the author of a children's book, uh, Nanny's Hijab. In addition to many other uh, hats that they wear, um, I just felt it was only, 
it was only uh, it, it was it was a blessing right in front of me to be able to meet them, talk with them, and and I said we we have to have you all on the show to talk more about uh, the work you all are doing and the perspectives, and I believe we have them on the line with us right now. Assalamualaikum. All right, alhamdulillah. We have you both. Uh, you know what? This was a well. I, I won't give the bloopers away, right? I'm not going to tell uh, people <laughs> how crazy this was. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> coming down to the last minute <laughs> to get phone numbers, I'm like, you know, I, I know I have I have phone numbers already, but uh, <laughs> that wasn't the case. <laughs> So, alhamdulillah, <laughs> welcome to Radio Islam and uh, Ramadan Mubarak uh, as well. Ramadan, Ramadan. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it is a pleasure. So, um, uh, uh, Sister Gail, we'll start off with 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 you um, and uh, to your book. So, your book is uh, Surviving Me: Journeys Through Managing Anxiety and Stress and Finding Spiritual Peace. And um, I know also that you've done you know years of work with uh, women and girls. Uh, with regard to helping them tap into their own capabilities and potential for success. Um, yeah. what, what was the, could you tell us a bit about what was the impetus for, for, for writing this book? Oh, okay, sure. Now, um, when I wrote this book, uh, I actually didn't really want to write the book in the first place because, like a lot of people, I felt like, you know, these issues might have been, you know, just my own and uh, things that I needed to work on for myself. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think to, you know, go outside of myself or, you know, ask friends about it or, um, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, Khadija. Yes. Oh, yeah, you might want to get off your speaker, what we were talking about before. (laughs) You might want to do the regular phone. No, no, you're not. You're not on speakerphone. No, you're not. So, so, I am. So, I no, am. No, you are I am. not. Now, you, know, you know we're family, Tari. You know that's, we're family. That's so right. So we just try some things. It work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here yeah. we go. Okay. We're better. We're better. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I wasn't going to write the book. And, um, you know, I, I was using myself mm-hmm. as my personal guide through anxiety and stress and all of that. Put myself in the hospital. Said that wasn't a good idea. So... Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, started talking to some other people, mm-hmm. found out uh, a lot of women have this issue. I'm sure there are a lot of men, but there are so many women. I, I can almost never bring up this subject where somebody doesn't say, that's me right now. Right. You know, so um, I was encouraged to write the book. I asked if, if anybody else wanted to be in the book, you know, just, just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, four people responded. There were some other ones who were shy. And they'll have another chance if I do a part two, which I think that's probably going to be coming. Spoiler mm. alert. Okay. But, um, but yeah, that's that's why I did it, because this is such a huge issue. We're, we're making ourselves sick over this. So I decided to write the book and get rid of my own anxiety and stress and just go out there and just go do it. Okay. That, that, that is awesome. Alhamdulillah. That is awesome. Alhamdulillah. And uh, so, uh, Sister Khadija, tell yes, us tell us about because you are also in addition one of the hats that you wear and i hope i have the 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 the, the, the term correct a cultural sensitivity consultant yes sir okay so so um that actually happened by um accident it happened upon moving to memphis and what i found was is that um i'm originally from philadelphia Mm-hmm. And so there are a plethora of Muslims in Philadelphia. You can't walk down the block without giving a salam mm-hmm. or even during this time a greeting for Ramadan. Mm-hmm. But in Memphis, there is the absence of Islam. There is a small um, Muslim community uh, in in Memphis. And so when people see me, they automatically think, I'm African. Mm-hmm. I'm something other than a black American until I open my mouth. And then when I open my mouth, it's like, oh, you, you're American. Mm-hmm. Yes, my name is such and such. Right. I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, no, they'll say, where are you originally? Where are you from? Sure. Oh, Philadelphia. No, no, no. Other than that, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I mean, I'm from Philadelphia, born and raised. Mm-hmm. So... Um, in that capacity, I did, I realized that it was 
upon me, as it may be some other people, that um, I make it clear that, you know, there are black Americans that are Muslims that cover like this, that uh, pray like, that are not Nation of Islam, mm -hmm. that ascribe to Islam, that other Muslims ascribe to around the world. Let so, me ask you this. Uh, did that have any bearing on, on, on your book, on the creation of your book, uh, Nanny's Hijab? And if so Nanny's Hijab came yeah. um, last year. Um, I have another book. It's a novel. It's an urban fiction novel. And I wanted to publish that book. Okay. But before I published that book, I needed to have something that was... Um, that I felt that was weightier. And I didn't have anything yet. But some things started happening. Children started getting their hijabs ripped off. Sisters started getting their hijabs snatched off, walking here, started getting tormented in different places in public. And mashallah, uh, for lack of being a cliche, mm -hmm. Nanny's hijab, Allah gave it to me. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it. Okay. I'm doing it. Okay, now because we have both of you on uh, on the line uh, and we family, we're just gonna we're just gonna open this thing up. Okay, so let's get um, let's get to it. Okay, now <laughs> I see some over I see an overlapping of um, right identity or maybe diminished identity um, related to stress. Right, that's what I'm, where I'm going to first. Right, and. Mm -hmm. And how we process those things, and how how, we, how how we process it internally, but also how we deal with uh, stress in a in a societal within a societal framework, uh, and people may not realize the effects of. Uh, if, I mean, Islamophobia is a rarely newer uh, term or issue that we're focusing on. But we have we've had you know anti-blackness and racism, and we have had all types of other. Uh, issues of xenophobia and uh, whatever phobias you want to put out there, and those come with stress. So I'm I'm looking yeah. at both of these. You know, uh, I think both of, of your works being related. And what are some of the what are some of the strategies that? Uh, and I guess I will, I'll kick this back to you, uh, Gail. What are some of the strategies that strategies that you have used that have helped you deal with this ever present stress? Ooh, I got a good one for that. Oh. I just don't give a darn. That's I'm going to say something else, huh? I'm going to try to keep it clean. <laughs> but it's Ramadan. <laughs> so, um, so, yes, um, I had to decide for myself uh, just, not to, just not to care, to be absolutely me, no matter what happens, no matter, you know, who's questioning me about it, no matter who's trying to get me to change my name to what, you know, who's questioning, like Khadija said, you know, where I come from. Because somebody asked me the same question, like, uh, where are you from? I said, oh, I live here in Memphis. They said, no, where are you from originally? I said, Texas, because that's where I was born. I was like, she know me or something? You know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm like, Texas, you know? But, uh, yeah, she was really she was really concerned, not really concerned, but really looking at me and trying to figure out based on how I wrap my scarf and, you know, all of that. But, you know, when she realized I, I speak English, it actually opened up a lot more communication. So after having so many of those um, interactions with people, you know, you just have to realize that people need your own original voice. You don't have to try to be somebody else um, to try to try to be somebody, whatever they're trying to make you. You know, somebody great, black, Muslim, you know, whatever they're trying to make you, you don't have to be that. You can be exactly who you are, and that actually helps to push Islam forward. You can be in the exact skin that you're in, and you can be a Muslim, and you can be proud of that, and you can carry on just like anybody else. Your your Islam is not diminished because you happen to be an American Muslim, you know? Right. So um, I think I actually had a lot of stress from that in the beginning, uh, trying to be, you know, like whatever the Arab Muslims wanted me to be, like whatever the Pakistani Muslims wanted me to be, whatever they wanted me to be when I go to certain masses, you know, and... I had to just drop all that. I'm like, I'm me. That's it. You get to be you. Did and you have, that's just what I'm doing. Did you have that's pressure? It. Did you have pressure from from other African American Muslims? Um, what caught my ear was when you said people wanting you to change your name. Yes. Hmm. Yep. Oh, I can definitely um, see that, Gail. 
<laughs> yes, this was this actually <laughs> did not come from uh, African Americans. I mean, there were there were some African Americans, and and I have to say that since then, many of the same African Americans who used to you know change their names back in the back in the day when I first became Muslim, because I've been Muslim over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they were first changing their name and they were going through all of this, you know, I only eat couscous stuff and, you know, all of that, and not wanting to share their own food, yeah. you know, the mac and cheese and the greens. Yeah. You know, a lot of those Muslims now are just like, you know what, I mean, I'm going to keep my name since I changed it and people know me by that. Right. But, you know, I have to go back to being who I am. And they don't push that on me really, you know, at all. But it was it was the Arab Muslims. And other Muslims, they used to ask my husband, when is your wife going to change your name? What's she going to change you to? And suggest names to him. Oh, wow. You know, and I'm just like, excuse (laughs) me, but no. You know, my name is Gail. But what's your Muslim name? My Muslim name is Gail. Hmm. How about that? But I actually did start to change my name at one point. People were calling me this name. Yeah. And I won't say what the name is, Hmm. but it it was my thing. But, um, you know, I sent out an email, and I went public, and I said, I'm changing my name back what it originally is, Gail, and this is why. Right. And I want y'all to respect that. And that's what I did. I changed it back. You know, I felt that was best for me. I felt that was best for other American Muslims who were here mm-hmm. to know that they can be exactly who they are. So, yeah, it came mostly from the uh, from the immigrant communities, not mostly, not a lot from the African American communities, I would say. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So, um, yeah, I think um, being in Memphis, you might get that from the immigrants, but I think you would get more of it from the African-American community had you been in another city like Philadelphia. They would have definitely been all over you like, what's your name? Get rid of that Kaffir name. And, you know, they would have been, you know, all day like, Gail, what's a Gail? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it would have been on your neck. You wouldn't, you would have felt choked by it, I think, suffocated Mm -hmm. to some degree. Yeah, kind of going mm-hmm. back to that, going back to the old, uh, get rid of the slave name, uh, right. that type of uh, language. Uh, but you know, everything yeah. everything has a context and, and, and a time. And whereas African Americans were looking for uh, for for freedom in every in, in every facet in every possible way that that we could have it, uh, the name was one of the one of the most visible ways. And asserting uh, freedom and resistance to a system that was um, that 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 denigrated and devalued, but now I think we have more, uh, you know, w- where there is much more of uh, an acceptance, not an acceptance, but an understanding that it is the the Muslim, it is the individual that makes the the Muslim, it's not the name. Right, so, because yeah. you know, last week, a couple of weeks ago, I did an interview. Um, Brother Tariq, with a, with a young lady here named Yasmin. She does a Facebook um, talk called Alternative Perspectives. And one of the questions she asked me was, um, do you feel some type of duality with uh, being a convert? Mm-hmm. And, one, and I told her, in the beginning, absolutely, you do, especially when you go through this issue of name change. Mm-hmm. When you, you know... This is Khadija. I made this statement the other day at the Masjid on Friday mm-hmm. that there is emerging. You go at you're at a point where one point you're Khadija, and at the other point you might be Yolanda, mm-hmm. and so you live Yolanda Khadija, depending on your attitude. Well, today I told that person off, so I was acting like Yolanda. Well, today <laughs> I was teaching Quran or I was teaching Arabic. So I was acting like Khadija. And then how do those two people meet up in the middle? Well, eventually they have to meet up in the middle. Or there will be some type of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So you're either going, whether your name is Khadija, Gail, you know, Latifa, or whatever it is, if you don't have, if you're not that one person all the time, then you're playing, you're playing in the monkey in the middle. You're, 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 you know, you're straddling the fence, so to speak. And you're being a hypocrite. Mm. And, you know, you're either one person or another. You can't be Gail the Muslim sometimes and Latifa the Muslim. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> the other person sometimes. You're, you're either Gail the Muslim or Gail the non-Muslim. So. But, but isn't, <laughs> isn't, isn't that a part of just being a, a human being, uh, having a connection 
to Allah is recognizing that we are going to err uh, and that in our seeking uh, repentance and uh, our, our seeking uh, or offering for, um, or asking for forgiveness, uh, that that is an extension of, of Allah's mercy, right? That we are mindful of the fact that we, you know, that we mess up, that we forget. Uh, and that mm-hmm. it and that it's not necessarily a sign that we are being willfully dis- disobedient, but it's just it just kind of goes with we're not perfect beings. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mess up. Um, right. Yes. No, I and I agree, but I think when you grow up in certain communities, yeah. for example, the community that I took shahada with, mm-hmm. um, there was always an emphasis on um, learning learning sick, learning judgments. Yeah. And so learning in learning these judgments, you you tend to tighten up. Like we okay, so on the outside of the masjid there were this there was this idea that you could do whatever you want on the outside of the masjid. Mm. You could, you know, if you didn't eat halal meat on the outside of the masjid, as long as no one knew that when you went into the masjid, you were okay. If you listen to music in your car that was fine as long as no one in the masjid knew that except for your little clique or your little group. But then once you came into the masjid, here was the slow walking, here was the mashallah, <laughs> you know, this mask that was being put on your face that all of a sudden you became a different person. And I think that the thing that was missing was the idea and the notion that Allah forgives. And that if you are, if you do, or if you do forget, or if you, even if you are just generally disobedient, that what you're doing outside the masjid and what you're doing in the masjid, Allah sees all of that. So you can fake for these people, mm-hmm. but you can't fake for Allah. And that's where the hypocrisy comes in that. That that sure is true. And, um, you know, while we're out there teaching all of these things to one another, you know, and being, quote-unquote, good Muslims, you know, we're teaching the proper wudu, and we're teaching, you know, um, the, the, the two rakats, you know, you pray before you sit down when you go to the masjid, and, yeah. you know, we're teaching how to, uh, you know, give the cat and all these things. But what we forget to teach is that we're still human, and like you said, Brother Tarek, that, you know, we make mistakes and that we can be forgiven for the mistakes, you know, and, and that, we're all, that we're all different people. We're not, we're not just one group of people that have to practice Islam exactly the same. We don't all have the same background and upbringing, you know. We learn different things, and we forget to teach patience with one another. Mm. You know, all these things we're, we're missing, all these little points, but we want to go after people for making small mistakes, you know, or even the big mistakes, which come from nobody teaching the small things that lead up to the big stuff. Mm. You know, they don't teach it enough, but then they get on you about it when you miss that. So, yeah, we're missing quite a bit, Brother Tarek. We are are definitely mistake-ridden people, but um, we sure crucify each other for making those mistakes, though. Well, you know, the... uh, Definitely. We have, I think... And I don't want to. I don't want to, uh, to 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 harp on this too much, right? Because we also have a. We have. There's a lot of beauty and a lot of dynamism and a lot of. Uh, th- there's a lot of cohesion, uh, in 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 our community. Uh, but I think, like any community, uh, any community, whatever it is, uh, there 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 are going to be points of uh, contention and friction. But um, just kind of remembering. One thing, Siska, uh, did you mention about you know the this 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 dissonance or this um, the separation between the masjid and, and outside the masjid, right? But you know how Allah says that the earth is a masjid, right? The earth is all of it, and then the um, and then the Muslim police, right? We jokingly, uh, some of us jokingly refer to them as the the Muslim police, uh, people who are watching you to see what you're doing, and they're ready to correct you uh, at a moment's notice. Um, mm-hmm. But we're not leading with we're not leading with compassion. We're not leading with mercy, or remembering that uh, that the Prophet Muhammad, you know, Sallam, that he was a mercy to the worlds, right? And right. that's not, that's I like mean. what we should exactly. lead, with, right? Yep. But let me ask this: mm-hmm. uh, as two Muslims, as as as, uh, as as sisters who are engaged in 
different uh, facets of, of community engagement. Um, I want to touch on this topic that we kind of we got into a little bit and uh, in, in, in over the weekend. And that is the changing expectation of male female relationships uh, interactions. What what is proper, right? Because I think I think you mentioned it, uh, Sister Khadija, about sisters having their hijab ripped off or kimars ripped off, um, and that it being generally in this society, we hear often most of the time that you don't hit a woman, right? You don't put your hands mm-hmm. on a woman. But this seems to be, but there has been violence against Muslim women, and that that seems to be the exception. Even though, even though it's not, uh, there's not a lot of shame that's that's put to the individuals that do it. But uh, Muslim women seem to be left out of this discussion. And is that specific to Muslim women, or do, or or what are your thoughts on? Is there a shift just overall? So I think there is an overall shift um, from protection, uh, from just from men towards black women in general. Like black women, we've become this um, icon of strength where we're generally supposed to be, oh, she's a strong black woman. Oh, that means that she can take on any and everything that happens to her, including um, bear the brunt of being a Muslim by herself in this dunya. So if someone is confronting her, then she can handle that by herself. So you'll have a woman who is in hijab, who I'm, I remember um, having this conversation with a gentleman, and he said he didn't want to buy my book because he didn't want to bring uh, that subject to his daughter. He felt like she was too young. She was seven or eight years old. And uh, he's telling me how his wife covers but that he doesn't wear kufi or anything like that Mm -hmm. and so um she wears a hijab in a traditional way Mm -hmm. and i said well um so you're just leaving her out there to hang you know to dry Mm -hmm. to face the world by herself and he's like if she told me that she wanted me to wear the hijab i would wear it but you know, the, the other kufi? than that, no. I mean, she. I mean, the kufi. If yeah. she told me how she wanted me to wear the kufi, I would wear it. But because she doesn't tell me to wear it, then I'm not going to wear it. And so what I've seen over the years, even up until this point, back in the day, mm-hmm. um, the men, if something went down with a sister, African-American, you know, whatever, East Asian, whatever she was, mm-hmm. if something went down with her, the masjid was finding whomever did it. You know, the whole entire masjid was going to seek whoever did it and set that person straight one way or another. And now I'm seeing excuses. Well, maybe what happened? Well, we weren't there. Well, we don't know what happened. We don't know. Maybe she said something. Oh, maybe she did something. Now we're deflecting the right, the onus of the attack onto the victim. Mm-hmm. And we're in making the the victim, the Muslim women, have to stand by themselves to fight the fight in this country. Whereas whether they're black or, you know, Arab or Indo-Pak, whatever it is, they're having to bear the brunt of the backlash of the Islamophobia. And as far as, you know, black women go in particular, mm-hmm. black men have totally taken their hands off of us. Like... Oh, you got that. I think I just saw a video where one girl was fighting six Asian guys and a group of girls, and she was coming from everything she had to give them, to keep them off of her. Meantime, the black boys were videotaping the fight. Oh, wow. And so, you know, and essentially what that says is that we don't deserve, we don't deserve to be protected you know and that's and Allah says that the men are the maintainers and the protectors of the women so where are the men and if you're not maintaining protecting providing then what are you doing what is your position you know what and that's you know that's where I'm at today with that let's (laughs) we're gonna take us we're gonna take a short uh, a short break 
Uh, Sister Gail, I'm sure you have something to add to that. So, uh, Ooh, brother, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so when we come back, we'll go ahead and we'll hear your your thoughts. Uh, Radio Islam family, this is Radio Islam, and we're on WCEV 1450 AM. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later. And you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah, and I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America in your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. I feel like I'm choking. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. You know how to react to their asthma attacks. Here's how to prevent them. Call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Visit www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are still broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com, and you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Excuse me. Uh, This is one of the uh, outcomes of the fast. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I I love it. But you can't do anything about the dry throat, right? It is what it is. All right, so look, Radio Islam family, we are joined on the phone by Sister Gail Fripp and Sister Khadija Abdul-Haq. Uh, they are both authors, but they are so much more than that. We've been talking about uh, just some of the the, the, the shifts in male-female uh, dynamics, relationships. And um, Sister Khadija was making the point that women, Muslim women, have been left to bear the brunt of Islamophobia, uh, and particularly because they are the visible portion of the community most often. And um, uh, you just kind of gave a, a recount of a, of a story of a, a young uh, African-American woman fighting against six uh, uh, Asian men or whatever, uh, and while, while young black men stood by. So, Sister Gail, what are your thoughts? What what do you see now? Oh, can, and oh, I don't want to cut Sister Gail off, but it, something came to my mind that I that I just I just wanted to throw out there too. Sure. And then there's the other thing of black women being um, emasculate. 
and the flight of black men leaving wanting to marry black women and going off to marry you know foreign muslims immigrant muslims and i'm going to say immigrant but i mean foreign because they're leaving the country to go find these um these wives leaving the black woman you know with no one to marry because everyone sees her as self-sufficient and uh independent so she's stuck with managing this um stronghold of the family and building islam and trying to raise the next generation so you know what need sister khadija you you bringing up comments like that this is a one hour show that <laughs> that is a three hour discussion no 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 go back Gail. oh that, that no that's that's that is such a and, and we obviously have to con we need to go really delve uh further into that but that is such a deep and weighty uh topic but go, go right ahead um sister uh were you were you, were you uh, finished with your your point I didn't mean to. No, no, no. I'm giving it to Gail. I'm okay, going to give it to Gail ahead, because you're right. We only have one hour. Go, Gail. You go. <laughs> Woo, I got so much to say. I, I started writing notes down on my notepad. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So the first thing I wanted to say is that, you know, a lot like what, uh, what Khadija was saying, but we as black women, and especially as black Muslim women, mm -hmm. are extremely visible every single day, not just sometimes. You know, we can't mm -hmm. take the scarf off one day. We take the scarf off, we feel black. You know, we put it on, we black and Muslim. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're targets every day for somebody's stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, as, as it comes to the brothers, you know, the brothers want us to be, you know, and I, I'm talking about when you have sane women who are willing to work with you, you know, who are doing this. I'm not talking about all the, you know, the misnomers, the outliers, you know, extreme cases, you know, where the women are violent or something like that. The women who are willing to be down with you, right. you know, very good women. Now, you want us to be, you know, accommodating and submissive, you know, if I, if I may say. And, and you want us to be every woman, you know, not Whitney Houston. You want us to be every mm -hmm. woman at home in all kinds of ways. But you make excuses as to why or when we should be protected. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, if a woman thinks you're not going to protect her, she's going to be, begin to lose respect for you. And she may even hesitate yes, to be every woman in quotes like you asked. Because that's 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 a trust. When when somebody entrusts you with their daughter, their sister, their and the woman entrusts you with her heart, mm -hmm. and and you step on that, and and she doesn't feel like she's gonna you know be able to protect it, be protected by you. The, she's going to be hurt, and the first thing she's going to do is begin to protect herself. And then when you try to come in and and protect her, you know, and be there or whatever, you know, she's not really going to be that open to that. You know, she's going to say, well, you didn't you didn't do it before. It's going to take a lot to get that trust back, you know, and this is a general mm -hmm. case amongst amongst our men in the community. Like, why won't you protect me? But then you want to complain about me at home. I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. But protesting, let's not minimize that. We came to you for for a reason, you know, love mm -hmm. and, and all that. That's great. Dean and all that. That's great. But a big part of that is is protection. I'm five foot protection. one. Mm -hmm. I am five foot one mm -hmm. and a half. You know, I exactly. weigh about 103, 105 pounds. If I'm fighting for my life, that's like all I got. If somebody doesn't come and protect me, I'm pretty much dead on the spot. I do also <laughs> have my I have my concealed carry license as well. So don't play with me. Okay. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I have to protect mm -hmm. myself. We have to be ready all the time. Well, you can't be out of there like that. You know, I have yeah. to ask this, this question uh, based yeah. on... So when I was looking at your site and I saw one of the things called my creative confidence catalyst. And yes. and I think that some of the issues that you all are bringing up, uh, while uh, definitely, you know, if, if, if we look at who's been fighting what the longest, uh, we know that the African-American community has, uh, particularly its women, have, have dealt with the dehumanizing uh, effects of uh, ob objectification of um you know of violence uh implied and 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 enacted um and that has to do something to one sense of self so in mm -hmm. working with young mm -hmm. young women uh and, and older women what are 
looking at some of these things we've already talked about, what are some of the things that, that you have, that, that you use to, to help to be a catalyst for confidence within this uh, context? Oh, okay. Now, um, be, yes, because of all of these issues, because when I, when I sit down and it, and it breaks my heart that these young girls are coming to me, you know, and talking about the incidences that they have at school, um, you know, they have, they have, regular issues like anybody else like why does why don't people like me why don't boys like me right. you know boys think i'm strange boys think i'm weird boys don't like the color of my skin they think my accent is funny you know why why don't boys like me you know and then uh with with the young black girls it's like um you know they'll come and say well boys don't like me they're, they're liking all these other girls but they don't like the black girls in my school you know and then but with these you see that they're already hardening up their hearts are hardening a little bit wow. and it, it, it's devastating mm. you know so what i try to do when i sit down with these girls is i try to get them to see everything that's positive about them the things that they like and i try to get them not to be um, so in tune to what uh, what somebody else thinks are your strong points, mm. because they're not looking at your strong points. They're looking at something from the outside. So, you know, as these girls are growing up, we have to make sure that we're getting at their internal, at their heart, at their spiritual level. And I tell my kids this, too. Um, the spiritual connection that you have is going to be the thing that saves you. When nobody likes you, when nobody wants you around, when people, you're just constantly going through stuff. Whether you're a child or whether you're an adult, you're going to need that connection. It may be the only thing that saves your life. And that's the main thing that I focus on. You know, I try to tell them don't focus on other people. And I try to not make other people the focus when, I, when I'm working with these young people. I try to make it specifically them. This right. is about you. Your strength lies in you. Your connection. You know, what you love, who you are, how you look, how you accept yourself. And that's the way that we do it. And the creative part about that is that, um, you know, sometimes I'll have them do art. Sometimes I take one of the little things that, that bothers them, and we'll try to figure out something, you know, that, that's fun about that thing. And we'll try to make it uniquely them, you know. And, and, and we, I, I tailor it specifically to the child or to the adult woman, you know, whoever it is. And those are the creative things that we need to do. We need to tailor to the people that we're dealing with. We can't just give general advice and think everybody's going to take it. We need to find out about the person. Listen. Love on them a lot. You know, let them know that you understand. Let them know that you're not perfect. You, you know, know what? And, and those are the things that I do to build their confidence. Right. You don't need everybody to accept you. You, you first need to accept yourself, and that's where you start. Everybody else got their own problems. You know? Right. So that, this, that's, this where, idea, that's where I start. This idea of knowing yeah. who, who you're working with, uh, I'm going to segue into... Um, and knowing who, who you're working with, who your audience is, who you are standing in front of, that is what allows you to uh, to exhibit uh, uh, empathy or, or sensitivity. And in terms of cult cultural sensitivity, um, Sister Khadija, the, the work uh, that you do, the conversations that you have, do you find that people are, are, are dealing with uh, African-American Muslim women uh, in particular uh, and and if you if you have uh, examples that go outside of that, you know, feel feel free to uh, go into that as well. But do you find that people mm -hmm. are simply not aware of the 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 the, the cultural uh, environment that is producing that that they live within? Because uh, you, you so yeah, go ahead. Um, so what I've seen, I'm okay. I'm going to say it again. I'm from Philadelphia, <laughs> right. and so um, in Philadelphia. I think the African-American Muslim community, um, my brain is a little absent now, so the words are not coming, <laughs> so I'm going to say what, what is coming. Yes. Um, so what I think is going on is a facade of what, what is happening in reality in the environment and what we want to happen in the environment. Okay. So we see our children... We see, read these stories of um, Sahaba children. We read these stories of um, Muslim children, how, you know, Hafizin Quran, or all these wondrous um, and miraculous behaviors. But we don't tie them into where we are right now mm -hmm. and what's going on in our environment and communities right now. And so in doing so, we're pushing our children away. 
We're not bringing them to the masjid. We're not bringing them to Islam. They are, they have one foot in Islam and one foot out of Islam. Yeah. And so what my, what my job is, is to make sure that the Muslim child knows what it means to be a Muslim. And what I've been saying to my children and to other children is that as long as you believe in Allah, mm-hmm. as long as you pray, and as long as you, you know, have some conscience of who you are, everything else is extra. Right. And you can so, work with that as long as you have a proper belief in Allah, as long as you know that there is no God except the law, and know that Allah is in control of all of this, that everything else is going to be a test. What everything else, like there's this, people are talking about the Ramadan Muslim. Well, maybe that Ramadan Muslim has been fighting to practice Islam all year long. And this one Ramadan is the time that they're going to take to become a better Muslim mm-hmm. just by fasting. Maybe they don't do anything other than fasting, but that's what their space, you know, provides for, allows for, is that they are able to fast. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're taking this vast religion and trying to ball it up into one lump sum for the African American community and we are been out of, we've only been out of slavery for what, a hundred years? And so we're trying to relearn a religion that was taken away from us and we're trying to make it ours as and make a connection with it and practice it in a way that makes sense to us. And similarly, we are mimicking people who really don't understand the religion that they have at their feet anyway. So Uh we're taking, you know, we're trying to mimic people who haven't really understood what it it means to be a Muslim. And so children, we just, we come from the nation, and then we moved on to the WD community. And now we have other things like the Salafia, the Habashi, and, you know, the other Sufia, and so forth and so forth, mm-hmm. in that we're trying to just make sense of it all. And in doing so, we also have to deal with the internal as well as the external. And so that's where I come in at. I'm going to help you, inshallah, to deal with the internal. While Gail works on your internal, I'm going to help you walk with it on the outside. Girl, you, know, you better speak. With it. You know, I'm going to help you own your Islam in a way that, that you can you can move forward and, you know, worship Allah. Worship Allah for yourself. Worship Allah because you believe in Allah, not because you were pressured by society or because somebody who speaks slow or somebody who walks slow or somebody who has some beads behind their back or somebody else who, you know, got their pants cut, told you this is how it's supposed to be done. Because in the end, at the end of the day, when you die, you mm. only have your deeds with you anyway. So if and, your deeds ain't for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then mm. you don't have anything. And you know you what? You don't have anything. You're empty handed. You know what? So, to, you know, we got to, to define point, what it means to be Muslim for yourself. Yes. To that point, because, and I'm going to add on just a little bit because I know that we often don't listen to the full, uh, we don't hear the full message, right? We get sometimes caught up in, in individual words or, or, or phrases. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not about the, the accoutrement, right? It's not about the, uh, the accompanying um, uh, uh, factors, right? It's not about the extra uh, content. Uh, it's not necessarily about our dress, and that does that does not mean that we take away, we we demean the dress, or we uh, demean you know tasbi- uh, the dhikr uh, beads, or uh, kufis or hijab kimar, whatever it is. We don't we don't look oh, down. Oh no, on by those no things. means am I belittling that. No, no, I that. know, I no, know by that. No, no, I know one hundred percent. That's <laughs> okay. why I, I I'm saying this because I know something was just told me. I said there's somebody listening who's not listening, right? And <laughs> and, and they're hearing it in a way. Where they're right. going to miss, they're going to miss the point, and the the point right. uh, to kind of go back to it because we're we're coming down. Well, let me ask y'all this right now before I um before I finish this thought. Can we can because you know what we need to really have a a, a larger conversation, and mm-hmm. and you know what and that'll go straight to a podcast. I don't want to wait till we have another opening uh, for the live show, 
I would mm-hmm. I would be happy to to have that conversation. We could we could record that conversation and just and that would just go straight to the podcast. Are you are you guys up for that? I'm yeah, sure. Okay, okay. All right, <laughs> so let, sure. let me all right, alhamdulillah. So let me uh finish with but this. Go ahead, brother Tarek. I want you to make the disclaimer for me so that people will understand <laughs> that you understand <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, you know, see this is what family does, right? So you know exactly where I was at. That's right. So that's um, right. <clears throat> but it is something that uh, that we have to embody, right? And when we say that we don't understand, you know a person understands when their their environment is impacted by their understanding, which means that you have the central uh, the central goal of of Islam, and people can can debate it because they may have their own idea. But the central goal it is uh, this idea of of justice and equity of peace uh, that is present and available uh, for each individual, for each community, uh, and, and in our interactions. So for the African-American woman who feels neglected, who feels uh, disrespected, for the woman, period, who feels like she has no, no protector, or the individual, whoever, whatever individual, individual feels like they are denied uh, their dignity, um, that cannot take place when you have a community who understands what its job is, and its job is to make sure that human dignity is is uh, protected, uh, that its most vulnerable are protected, that those who are worthy of um, of of, uh, of celebration are celebrated. Right. So Allah mentions this: Re- right. reverence the womb that you know, reverence your, your guardian Lord who created you, and reverence the wombs that bore you. Uh, so yeah, we got to have a, a a larger and more in depth conversation on these issues because. If you all are talking about them, that means that there, there, there are a whole lot more folks talking about these things as well. So if you Don't want me. to follow, uh, you can follow uh, Sister Gail at uh, Gail Fripp. That's G-A-I-L-F-R-I-P-P. And you can follow, follow Sister Khadija at Hak Khadija. That's H-A-Q-Q underscore uh, K-H-A-D-I-J-H. And I'm going to have to do an auctioneer's exit real quick because we're down to the last minute. I want to thank you both for coming on. I look forward to talking to you all very soon and finishing this conversation. I want to thank our engineer over at WCEV. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, making sure we come through loud and clear. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. I'm your host and producer, Tariq el Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, we remind you the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision, Inc. And with that, good people. We're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Hello? Hello?